Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 34. Alex flung himself backwards off the crate, arms over his face, as the energy field washed over him. His legs spiked in agony as it hit the ground. Ariadne ran over and knelt down next to him. Alex, what is it? I don't know, he said, blinking in the suddenly harsh light. His vision cleared, and he shook his head. All the sykes were just gone. Something was gnawing at the back of Alex's mind. Something was different. He sat up and crossed his legs, trying to concentrate enough to bring up his SI. Ariadne stared at him for a moment. Then Sarah shouted, Ariadne, get over here! Something else is happening! She raced back to the screen. What is it? Then she saw for herself and gasped. The nose of the gigantic ship that had deployed the anti-psych missile, a rocky cuboid at least 2,000 metres long, was opening. Like a flower with only four petals, half as wide as the base itself, it slowly descended over the dome. Inside the mouth was a febrile green light blocking all sight of its inner workings. Are they landing? Ariadne shook her head. I have no idea. That thing should be too massive to even be in the atmosphere without breaking apart. With a tremor that shook the floor, the petal-like landing struts made contact. The behemoth came to rest above the base, the green light showering everything in its ghostly pallor. The room began to vibrate, small pieces of metal and crates beginning to dance across the floor. Ariadne looked round. What now? In the centre of the room sat Alex arms folded in his lap, and a peaceful expression on his face. Around him, a visible shield of vibrating air was dancing, and all around them things were beginning to rise up into the air. A halo of dust and shards of glittering metal were revolving around him, but what struck Ariadne most was the smile on his face. What is he doing? Sarah said, clutching Ariadne's arm for support. The ceiling won't take much more of this, Ariadne said, casting her eyes over the metal supports in the corners of the room. Between the orbital bombardment, the descending capital ship, and the vibrations still passing through the room, nasty cracks were beginning to form. Alex, she shouted, whatever you're doing, stop! He opened his eyes, and the vibrations stopped. One by one, the pieces of clutter fell from the air around him, and then there was silence. Even the sounds from outside had stopped. I can psych, he said. We can see, Ariadne replied. I thought you said that they were suppressing everyone's psych. Not mine. Alex got up, and Ariadne noticed that he rose off the chair as if lifted by a hook before his legs settled under him. Mine is... different to the others. Whatever they've done, it's like a light turning on, or a shade being opened. All these weeks, months... I've glimpsed only the edge of what I can do, of what the others can do. But now, it's so simple. Don't pat yourself on the back too much, Ariadne said. That field needs to come down. Can you get the others psyching? He shook his head. It's not that simple. It would be like teaching you to psych. Their psych, it moves in a different way, opposite to mine. They could learn if they had weeks, maybe. 
We have minutes, Sarah said, pulling soft screens down from the walls. Are we evacuating Ariadne? Not yet, she replied, holding a hand up. She was watching Alex carefully as he stared at his hands, excitement mixed with something else flickering across his face. Alex, I need you to do something about the attack. Destroy the machine. Why stop there, he murmured. What? In answer, Alex put his hands up at shoulder height, as if he was weightlifting. There was an immense noise, grinding metal screaming against ceramic plates, and Sarah shrieked in surprise. Ariadne stumbled away from Alex, who was slowly lifting his hands, and then darkness flooded in as the lights snapped off. The ceiling began to rise, tearing chunks of the walls as it went. He's lifting the entire building, Ariadne shouted over the dull roar. Alex, wait! But his eyes were closed, the veins standing out at his temples as the ceiling and the building above that continued to rise. He adjusted his footing, and for a moment Ariadne was certain that he would lose his grip, that the entire structure would crush them flat. Then he stood up straight, thrusting his arms out, and the building crashed over to one side. Air gusted in, bringing with it dust and the distinct tang of greasy smoke. Ariadne could only watch as Alex turned and smiled. I'll deal with them. Don't worry. Then he rose into the air, moving towards the Jovian soldiers swarming out of a ship and towards the cracked portion of the dome. Is he... <coughs> is he planning to take them all on alone? Sarah said. Ariadne stared after him. He's crazy if he is. If he destroys the machine, everyone else should be able to psych. He surely can't... <coughs> the dust and smoke suddenly crowded in on her and she coughed, her breath stolen. Let's... She spluttered, <coughs> gesturing to the shuttle, and Sarah nodded. Alex soared through the dome. Below, he could see other psychs, to think that he was a psych now, truly the same as them, stumbling around in the sudden vacuum caused by losing their powers. They would be fine, he knew. Even his broken leg, supported on a crutch of psychic energy, couldn't stop him now. His mind felt big, as vast as the base, and a small corner of him recognised that he was somehow tapping into power beyond his own, using Elsie's biomimetic network. Like one gigantic brain, with Alex as the conduit. First, the dome. The cracks in it were growing every second, and already ground troops were pouring out of the ship, both moving towards the damage with spear-like weapons, and down towards where the dome met the rusty Martian soil. Extending a hand and cloaking it in force, Alex charged towards the cracks. He barely even felt the impact, blasting through the weakened plastiglass, riding the sudden updraft of air as the pressure tried to equalise. The anti-psych device was a few feet away. It was an ugly brown blister, pulsing slightly, but shot through with silvery metal and small glowing telltale lights. Nearby, several black-suited human bodies lay on the ground, and with a mental command, Alex swept them all into the gap in the dome, setting them down safely on the quad, then sealed it with a hard shield. He summoned up his energy, preparing to rip the alien machine apart, and then paused. What would happen without it? Would he still be able to psych? It was cold, colder than anything he'd experienced, but the thin layer of air he'd brought out with him protected him from the dangerous Martian atmosphere. The nearest few spiders had been struck by pieces of the dome, but already one was aiming a weapon at him. Alex turned away from the machine and reveled in the feeling of power flowing through him as he went to meet the spiders in combat. The long staffs they carried, made of something akin to wood and decorated with leathery tassels, spat a purplish energy at him. 
Alex frowned and threw up two curving reflective shields. The lasers bounced off, most flying away into the void, and then one randomly hit another spider who roared as the projectile, travelling at an appreciable fraction of light speed, ripped through its abdomen. It crumpled to the ground. Alex grinned fiercely and began to aim their shots back at them. One of the spiders, slightly larger than the others and wearing a reddish sash across its hairy abdomen, roared something and flipped its staff around. The other end held a wicked-looking blade, longer than Alex's forearm, and the spider scuttled in for an attack. With a roar, Alex imagined a gigantic hand that picked up the spider, and the soldier jerked up into the air. Alex threw him as far as he could, clear off the dome, the spider's rumbling shouts turning into squeals as it fell. Faster and faster, Alex picked up each spider and threw them, first off the dome, then into each other. More spiders landed, and Alex suddenly realised that most of the ones he had thrown were getting back to their feet. With a snarl, he grabbed one with two lines of invisible force and swung it around in a wide arc. A dozen of the attackers went flying, and Alex let go of the one he was holding, sending another group tumbling like skittles. Another threat, closer this time, and Alex ran towards the three spiders holding spears outstretched. He jumped, bursting away from the ground unnaturally high, and landed almost on top of the spiders. He thrust his hand out like a knife, clothed in a nice sword, and the spider's head parted way with its shoulders. The other two moved in closer, roaring. This isn't working, Alex thought, too slow to do one at a time. He felt hot anger slice through him. Almost unbidden, four fiery spheres burst into feeble life, burning oddly in the uncertain atmosphere. The first three, Alex blasted into individual spiders. The spheres exploded, and the spiders flew backwards, blackened and burned. The fourth fireball he held between his open hands and allowed to grow. It split into eight smaller spheres which revolved around him for a moment. Then each one blasted outwards, burning a neat hole through the chest of the nearest spiders, and straight through to strike the next rank, then the next, until the curve of the dome sent them flying off over Mars's surface. The space around him was now littered with spider corpses, and he turned his attention to the ship looming overhead. As he tried to push one of the legs of the capital ship, Alex felt something begin to push back inside his head. The harder he pushed at the centre of the ship, the harder his mind pushed back. Gritting his teeth, Alex changed target to a medium-sized ship, shoving with all his might at one end. The smaller spider ship began to shudder in the air above him, so slowly as to be almost imperceptible. It clipped one of the fighters flying next to it, and a dull explosion ripped through them both. All around Alex, spiders looked up to watch as the two ships began to spiral around each other, smaller gouts of flame bursting out of the ship's coral-like exterior, and then they blasted into one of the landing legs of the capital ship. Shuddering eruptions rocked the colossal ship's leg, and a grinding, splintering sound of overstressed coral echoed through the thin atmosphere. Alex grinned fiercely, and summoned another sphere of fire between his hands. Then the blunt end of a spear hit him on the back of the head, and his concentration snapped. The flaming sphere wavered, then collapsed, and fire washed over Alex before evaporating. He could feel his face burning, and the pressure inside his skull spiked. Through blurry vision, he saw alien bodies moving in, and threw his hands out with a wordless shout, blasting the nearest spiders away with darts of energy. Despair overwhelmed him. There were just too many, pressing in around him. Alex looked down, through the dome. There were more inside already. How had they gotten in? They were moving towards the helpless Sykes on the quad, towards Natasha and Kingly. No! Alex lurched towards the hole in the dome, through his own shield, 
and began to fall. You've been listening to chapter 34 of my novel Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not check out stevecookfiction.com where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing.